He said something in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. I'll read this to you. I just, God just showed me the scripture today. It says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. So we don't just come to church to give the sacrifice of fools, or I would call the sacrifice of fools to get your name marked down that you were here. You know, that'd be a sacrifice of fools, wouldn't it? You know, just, well, I, I, I came, you know, God, I was there. No, you come being ready to hear, amen. And not from me, come to hear from God, hallelujah. And then he'll take the lips of a donkey if he has to, and he'll speak to you. I'm not claiming to be a donkey. I'm just saying if he had to. Amen. Hallelujah. If he had to. Praise God. Well, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I want to, this is prosperity night. Hallelujah. You want to talk about prosperity tonight? God's put, stirred us up about prosperity. You know, we give away a book when you come to this church. The very first time you come to the church, you get a book by Brother Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan. And what's the name of the book? You've heard it a thousand times in the announcements. Redeemed. From poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Hallelujah. And so if you read that book, you get introduced. The very first time that you come to this church, you get introduced to the fact that God wants you redeemed not only from going to hell, which would be spiritual death, that he wants you not only redeemed from sickness, that he wants you redeemed from poverty. Hallelujah. Now he also, he, want, he, he, he wants you completely redeemed. He doesn't want you halfway redeemed because I know that you're sitting here and you're going, I'm not poor. Because poverty is those people that are living in those little, uh, you know, cardboard houses and, you know, uh, going to the soup kitchen to get a meal. Now, that's poverty, and we're not there. And thank God. I think we ought to be thankful at every level we are. But you know what? Uh, you know, you could say, I'm not sick. I'm not sick, but I have a headache. And you know, that'd be really true. I mean, I know you're not sick. You don't have a disease, but, but you could have a headache. But a headache is a, a, it's a small degree of sickness, isn't it? I mean, it's slight sickness, but it's, it's a small degree of sickness. Sometimes they can, it can be a big degree, but, you know, just an average headache. And that's the way lack is. Lack is a small degree of poverty. It's not full-blown poverty, but if you have a bill that you can't pay, hallelujah, Amen. or if you're having to pay exorbitant interest because you know you've gotten credit card situation or whatever, or, 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 any, or, or, if, or if your kids need something and you can't buy it, that is a small degree of poverty, Amen. and God doesn't want you to have any. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants you to have uh, complete and overflowing provision. Hallelujah. And then besides that, he wants you... See, really, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 really says how God wants you to have it. It says... It, it, let's just go there. And I, I just... I've got stirred up about this verse this year. Really, and just in the last three months of this year, the past about the past three months, and I'm just determined. And that's how you got to get family. You got to get determined. Second Corinthians nine eight says, "And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things." 
That mean that would mean your bills would be paid, wouldn't it? That'd mean that, you know, if your kids needed something, you could get it. Or if you even wanted to give your kids something, you'd have sufficiency in all things. And he, so, so really, we got prosperity here. And, God, and, and Paul's saying here that grace is available for this. That there is a grace available for you to have all sufficiency in all things. And then the last part of the verse, and that you might abound to every good work. That means that you could be generous every time a good work came up. And so, you know, I just committed my heart this year, about three months ago, it just hit me, this verse, that God said there was a grace available that I could abound to every good work, and I just determined that I would. And so, if a good work comes before my eyes, I just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I feel like it. If I, if I in my heart, if I have a witness, this is a good work. If I have a witness, this is a good work, then I'm going to give to it. I mean, we were reading in the paper the other day about the man uh, in, I think he's over in Northport, that gave his kidney to his cousin. And he's going to be out of work for like six months. Can't go to work because he's going to be recovering because of his kidney. And they said they're setting up a fund to help him pay his bills so he could. And he's giving his kidney to this man that's going to die. I said, Michael, that is a good work. This man is doing a righteous, godly thing. We need to abound. We need to give to him. It doesn't matter if we know him. It doesn't matter. if This, this is not a religious work, but it is definitely spiritual. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise, praise God. He, gave, he didn't even know this cousin. He, just, he, he didn't know, had never met this cousin until his family reunion. He's given his kidney to his cousin. He had surgery last week. They had surgery. Okay, so, you know, I just made up my mind. You just got to make up your mind about some things. And you say, well, you know, and, and you know what? If you make up your mind, God, you said there's grace for this. Now, you know, that doesn't, you can give at whatever level, at whatever level you're at. At whatever level your faith, you know, abounding to it might be different for me than it is for you. But all of everybody in here, there is grace for you. Not just in here, but everybody that's in the body of Christ. Every Christian, God would make a grace abound towards you so that you could have sufficiency in all things and so that you could abound to every good work. You say, well, I don't have the sufficiency in all things yet. Well, maybe if you would start on the bottom of the verse, you could get the top of the verse working. You know, I hadn't got the top working all the way like I want to yet, but I'm going to work on the bottom of it. Amen. I'm going to enter into the bottom of the verse because, you know, I can do that, but I may not, I can't do the other part for myself. Hallelujah. So we're getting started here talking about business. Hallelujah. Uh, I mean business, about prosperity, and we're going to talk some about business tonight. And I bought me a bag of tricks. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I have some. I have some, what do you call object lessons? That's what they have in children's churches. They always have object lessons, don't they? Let me get my... Stuff all unzipped here. Thank you, Jesus. And so we're going to study prosperity. And I want to talk to you about, you know, I, I told Pastor today, I said, you know, and I would think most of you in here, maybe we might have a few that are kind of new that might not understand this. I don't feel like I need to lay a foundation again about how that God wants you to prosper. 
You know, Hebrews talks about not going back and laying the same old foundations over and over again. I, I think that most of you, you may not really know how, and you may not really know exactly uh, why, but you really do believe that God being a good God wants you to prosper. Amen. And so we'll talk about that some, but we're not going to spend a lot of time renewing our mind about that anymore because you know it. Amen. And so it's time that we studied some new things. I will, the first thing I wanted to show you, and this is one of the things that we're going to be studying out of this week, is uh, this is Brother Leroy Thompson's new book, How to Find Your Wealthy Place. And I ordered this book when he was on Brother Copeland's program. And as I read this book, it was good. It was really good. And so I, uh, I just, Pastor and I just talked about it, and we're just going to study out of this book, you know, for a little while here in October. And um, so if you, and you don't have to, but if you want to order one in, from the bookstore, you could just order you one, and you could follow along. And, of course, I'm not going to be doing it line for line, and so you could get some stuff out of it. And I don't know how much it is. It don't really matter, though, does it? It wouldn't matter if it's $50, which it's not. But <laughs> it wouldn't really matter. It'd be worth it. I'm telling you, I got keys. I got things. I got things out of this book that helped me. And um, I tell you, uh, what I do, and, and, and this could help you, too, is I feed in the morning on something about prosperity. I feed on some things about healing, too. But you have to constantly feed your heart concerning, even Brother Hagin says this, you have to constantly feed your heart concerning prosperity and concerning healing and health. Amen? And so I feed, and one of the ways I feed is like to, I try to read a chapter. Sometimes I don't get that much done, but I'll read. And, and you know, and you say, well, what do you do when you finish the book? Well, you could go back and start over. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then, you know, I may like highlight. And then I'm, the next time I read, I may underlined. And so I end up with it looking, you know, it's underlined, it's highlighted, it's got stuff written out as God shows me little examples or as I get a scripture, I write out. And that's a good way to study. And I don't know, I just, as I do that in the morning, I just get faith for prosperity for that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, are you saying, you know, not everything in my life concerning finances is exactly like I want it to be. But I tell you what, I'm in faith. And so I'm not concerned. Amen? Because I know I'm in faith. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And I'll share some more on those lines as we go. So if you want to, that's available to you. And I'll just tell you, I want to read, I was going to read a couple of paragraphs to you. In the preface on uh, here it says, Brother Leroy writes, um, The Lord told me, Leroy, I have given you a voice for money, and I have given my people ears to hear. That's us. We have ears to hear. Amen. I have anointed you to get the truth across to my people. They are going to get it this time like never before. Hallelujah. We're going to get it this time. Amen. Keep the vision clear. Keep the revelation clear. Do not compromise. Do not apologize. This time I will not be denied. I like that when God says I will not be denied. You know, God is more interested in your prosperity than you even are. He wants you to prosper because he has a purpose. He said I will not be denied. And I'm thinking, God, thank you. You won't be denied in my life. You're going to see that I catch on to this and that I get it. Amen? And then it goes on down in the preface and he says this. There is a place you can go to where you do not have to even think about money because you have so much of it and every believer, not just a select few, can go there. 
Now see, if every believer couldn't, then God would have to take that scripture that says he's a no respecter of persons and he'd have to blot that out of the Bible because he'd have been a liar for saying it if he wanted some to prosper and some not to. No, he's no. Now, how we prosper would be different. And he chooses. He puts gifts and callings in us. And he puts anointings in us. And, you know, we like different things. And we're good at different things. You're good at some things I'm not good at, and I'm good at some things you're not good at. So we prosper differently, but there is no doubt that every one of us could prosper. Amen? Not just a select few. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to get it this time. Say, God's determined that I get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I just want to tell you, I mean, I don't know what people hear, but there's a lot of, I, I'm just going to say this, and you know, then y'all can just say, well, hey, I am not religious, and y'all probably figured that out already. And I came from a family that tells it like it is. My pastor, he came from a family, and they don't tell it like it is. They soft shoe everything, but we tell it like it is in my family. And we don't, and you know, we really do. And so there's lots of scuttlebutt. That's a good Newcomb word. There's lots of scuttlebutt in the body of Christ, and that's all it is. And some of it's against Leroy Thompson. And I want to tell you something. I read this book, and I read it with an open heart, and this is balanced stuff. And there's stuff that would say, oh, that's imbalanced and all that. This is not imbalanced. This is balanced stuff. You do not have to be afraid of, of, of this being imbalanced. It's balanced. And, you know, Pastor and I, we wouldn't bring anything to you that wasn't balanced. So we, we searched it first. And I'm telling you, there's balance throughout this book. And this man stirs you up to believe God. And, you know, people get bent out of shape. Well, what about his $15,000 dog? Well, what about it? You know, you know, and, you know, people get all bent out of shape because he's got a dog that costs $15,000. Well, you may prosper to the point someday because, see, when you start prospering, there are people that are idiots. See, there are Christians that are idiots. There are Christians that think they're doing God a favor by shooting doctors that commit abortion. I mean, they think they're working for God. They're idiots. I mean, that is, that is incredulous. It's stupid. And so there are people that would think they, there are Christians that would think they was doing God a favor by getting rid of a pastor or a minister that teaches on prosperity. So he, you may want a $15,000 dog to protect you too because this is some sort of a trained special dog that protects him, you know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To live is everything. Amen. I can think of things worse. A $15,000 cat is worse. <laughs> no, I just had to say that, huh? There's no such thing Pastor said. <laughs> there probably is. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Amen. No. No, I just had to say that, really. <laughs> it's no, no, no big deal. Okay, so there's some things. That's some things we're going to talk about, you know, as, and go through some of the things in the book. But um, one of the things I wanted to point out to you concerning prosperity before we really get started into the book is turn over to Proverbs chapter 31. And, you know, I know y'all are thinking, well, that's, that's a woman's scripture. Well, I say, you know, if you look at it that way, then just think how much more it's for you men if it's for women, you know. I mean, just look at it like that. 
Hallelujah. But I tell you, women are coming into their day in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Do you know Gloria Copeland and Joyce Meyer? They broke through for us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 31. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it talks about the uh, virtuous woman. You know, uh, and how, you know, she's to be praised and so forth. And how she brings honor to her husband and obviously honor to God. And I just wanted to point out to you about three verses in Proverbs 31, uh, verse 16. I want you to notice how that she is a woman involved in business. That she is a businesswoman. Proverbs 6, 31, 16. She considereth a field and buy it buyeth it, and with the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. And look at verse 18. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. And then in verse 24. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Now, I've been stirred up about this. I've meditated on this for years. I'm not talking about for months. I'm talking about for years. I've meditated on the fact that the Proverbs 31 woman was a businesswoman. Amen? That she had, she, she was, she was into entrepreneurism. She, she had, she had ideas and she had ways from the Lord to make money and to bring money into her household. And it says there that, um, Verse 23, that her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So she, she not only, she was a part of prosperity for her family. Amen? Amen. She was part of prosperity for her family. She was a part of uh, bringing honor to her husband. And so God really um, uh, exalts her and exalts the things that, that, that she put her hand to. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I just... God's put Pastor and I in this for years, but we're very entrepreneurial, if you know what we mean. I mean, we're pro-entrepreneurism. We really believe, and we're very convicted about this, that, the, that God wants to prosper you and that, and that God you know, will bless you as much as he can wherever you're at but that for God to really prosper you, that, you, that you're going to have to get out from underneath Walmart and situations like that. I mean, does that make sense to you? That, that there's not going to be a miracle that says, and, and it's a good place to start. It's a great place to learn. It's a great place to learn business principles and to go and watch carefully. Learn. If you're there, learn. If you're there, don't just hold up the wall. Don't just live for break. Learn. If you're there, learn. Learn everything you can from those people. They must know something. They've covered the earth with Walmart better than we've covered the earth with the Word. Them and Coca-Cola. Sam's is everywhere. Man, when I found out Sam's Club was in Juarez... I said, it's everywhere. I mean, if you've ever been to war as, I mean, huh. we'll talk about that experience another night. But Okay, anyway, so uh, we can learn in those places. So not anything wrong with starting there. But there's not going to be this major miracle and all of a sudden Walmart pays $50 an hour. 
It's just not going to happen, folks, okay? And so for God to prosper you, he wants to get you thinking out beyond that. And I think the body of Christ, as we've renewed our minds on prosperity, we've been notorious for thinking, and Brother Hagin says this, that it was going to fall on us like ripe cherries out of a tree. And it's not. Have you figured out it's not? You figured that part out. You know, it took Pastor and I a while, I'll admit. It took us a while to figure it out. And we were in faith. We were believing God. But when we got in faith and were believing God, uh, uh, in the situations that we were in, God always turned us back to business. I told you a couple of weeks ago about pecan rolls and us selling pecan rolls to Christian schools and... and uh, Having to and doing some things like that, Pastor. Also, he uh, sold a uh, what we called a mylog. I don't I don't go into what all that was, but anyway, it was a mileage keeper for businessmen, and he did that for a while. You know, not anything that would take away from the ministry, but just you know, God was putting us into a business thing. And uh, so, I wanted you to. I, I'm saying all this to get you thinking, because you need to be thinking. Are, and not so much, I'm not talking about thinking with your head, but I'm talking about you need to get open and you need to start asking God and you need to start keeping your eyes open and you need to start watching and looking and listening to the Holy Spirit because you're believing for prosperity. You're believing to come out into a place of abundance. You're believing to come to a place where you have that abounding to every good work and where you have an overflow in your home towards your, your children, and, to, and your testimony. God has all sorts of motives for prospering you. He wants to, to make you an example before our city. You know, um, let's just tell a story here. I mean, I just got this in my heart, but, you know, there, uh, you know if some little kids were to ask their parents, about one of us and say, you know, let's just say we were just, uh, and this is how the religious community has thought, to give, you know, give it all to the Lord just and, and sacrifice and, and just, just do without. And, you know, that's not a good testimony. You know, I could give everything away and I could, I could say, well, God doesn't want me to prosper and and, uh, and, you know, and we could have holy clothes and, and holy shoes and... and uh, not even have a car and live in a cardboard house. But you know, in, in Tuscaloosa, you know, if a little kid looked at us and said, Mama, why are those people so poor? Well, honey, they're poor because they give all their money to God. Well, think what that little kid would think. He'd think, well, I don't want nothing to do with God. Isn't that what you'd think? I, I don't want nothing to do with God. But on the other hand, if you were driving a, a really a special car, I don't know what would be special to you, but something special, you know, and you were living in a really nice house, and, and, and you were just, you were uh, not snooty. You know, we usually think of the rich as snooty. Well, that's because it's just been the world that's been rich in the past. Hallelujah. If we get the church rich, we're not snooty. We love people. Amen. We don't got our nose in the air. We love people. We want to be a blessing. We don't think we're better than anybody else. We're just looking for ways to love you and show you love. And so, you know, you, if the little boy said, Mama, how, you know, how do those people live in that house and drive that car? And, and you know, you know and, 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 and those people, you know, if those people, 
I heard that they, they, they put a poncetta. They had a poncetta delivered to every house in their neighborhood at Christmas time. That if you lived in Hinton Place, that's where we live, that there was a poncetta on every doorstep by that family. Or if, if, or if there was a ham at Thanksgiving, there was a honey-baked ham delivered to every house in your neighborhood. Just, and you, you're just a blessing. And some a kid came to your front door and rang the doorbell and said, I, I'm doing a fundraiser because my school, my, my classroom needs a computer. And you said, honey, take this check to your teacher and buy a computer and tell her to buy a computer for your classroom. I'm telling you. And then that little boy was to ask his mama and, said, and she said, I don't know, honey, but I heard those people go to a church down there, Word of Life Church, and I heard they're real spiritual people, they're, that they're deeply committed people. Well, you know that little kid, he wouldn't be able to wait to get there when he was grown up. He might not could go there till mama could, as long as mama was driving. But when he's grown up, he'd never forget it. He wouldn't be able to wait. Hallelujah. Amen. See, we need to think like that. That'd be a good work, abounding. That would be a good way to abound. Amen. Hallelujah. And you say, oh, well, we never could afford that. Really, if you think about it, it wouldn't cost hardly anything. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And see, God wants all of us to be able to do things like that. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants us, he wants, he wants us to be, be able to be good because we are good on the inside. And he wants us to be able to demonstrate that goodness to the world, to everybody we come into contact with. Just an overflow of goodness. You know, people just aren't used to it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I want to do. God wants you to be able to do it too. Amen. But we got to think right. And we got to think right about how God wants to do that. And like Brother Hagin says, it's not going to be ripe cherries falling off of a tree. And, and all myself and pastor included, we've all, the body of Christ has been notorious for hearing the faith message, hearing the prosperity message, and saying, Father, I believe I receive when I pray, and then just waiting around for years thinking it was going to, you know, God wants you to start thinking right, get your eyes open, get your heart open to things in the business realm. And so I brought some things to you tonight. I just, I, like I told you, my bag of tricks. <laughs> but I just, some things that, one of the things, I think I've mentioned this before, but I have this hanging in my office. And one of the things that the body of Christ needs to do most is this. God loves you, so take the limits off. See, we have God such so in a box. Even in a box concerning business. Even having negative feelings towards being in business and all of them unfounded. One of the things concerning business that has been a negative that, that we had to get to thinking right about is, uh, uh, is, is even like postponing things into the future. In other words, having a dream for business, but thinking things like, well, one day I'll get to quit my job and I'll get to do something like that. Well, you're thinking wrong. 
Don't wait till you can quit your job. Start doing this and, and letting God put these things in you so you can quit your job. Amen. And then another thing that's been in the body of Christ concerning business is I can't think about going into business because I think God has called me to the ministry. Well, that is wrong thinking. Let me tell you from experience, it's wrong thinking. There is no conflict with a godly business and being in the ministry. I personally believe the best thing in the world is for every minister of God to have a business. I believe it's the best thing in the world for every minister of God to have an income. So that he, not that he does so that he doesn't have to depend on God. Because I believe that you should learn that in a, in a business you'll learn to depend on God. You'll be learning to depend on him from wisdom. You'll learn to depend on him that everything comes through him. Amen. It's all coming through him, isn't it, Joe? Hallelujah. And, and, but not so that you don't have to depend on God, but so that you, do not, you are not subject to people. And so that you are not subject to the devil. Because I want to tell you, I absolutely know this. This is absolute truth. Every minister, every minister, let me say it this way, every spirit-filled minister, you will not be the exception. We were not the exception. Pastor Webb is not the exception. There, there is no minister that is the exception. The devil always tries to starve you out. And when you have income, the devil can't starve you out. So I don't care if you think you're called to go to Siberia to the mission field, or if you think you're called to pastor, or if you think that you're just called to be in the ministry of helps in this church. Praise God, you need income. God wants you to overflow. He wants you to abound. Hallelujah. And business is not a conflict. I want to tell you something. Yeah, sometimes in a startup of a business, there is great sacrifice as far as time-wise. In fact, if you think that you would like to go into business so that you would be free and so that you could work less hours, you need to take another little thought. Is that right, Jim? <laughs> Amen. Because businessmen work hard, very hard. They work more hours than those people that work at Walmart 8 to 5 or even the 40-hour week. They work more than that. A 40-hour week is nothing to a businessman. That would be vacation week, it probably would seem like to him, to have a 40-hour week. But you should not stay in that position. There should be a transition time. Now, this is not a businessman's class, but let me tell you something. God's talking to all of us. But there should be a transition time when you get to a place See, if you're in business for yourself, you can call the shots. You can say, I'm gone. We're shutting the door to this thing. We don't care. We're shutting the door. We're going to shut the door, and we're going to believe God. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not, not every Christian man, businessman does that. Not every Christian businesswoman does that. But that's what they ought to do. And that's what you're strong enough to do, is to say, there's more to do. Because, see, when you're in business, there's always something else you could do. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, some of you just think, you know, I could never be in business. Yes, you can. 
You need to start letting, quit limiting God. And you need to start letting God speak to you. And letting God give you things. You need to start meditating on what you're good at. You need to, and everybody in here is good at something. Some of you are good with children. Some of you are good with, uh, you know, you're good with uh, art. But you're good with something. So get your heart open. Because God can bless you more through you than he can through anybody else. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you're smart enough to work for somebody else and make them money, and if you are a valued employee, then you are making them money. And if you're smart enough to do that, then you are smart enough to be in business for yourself. You, some of you are the most valued employees. Your company really, really values you. Some of you, you're not so valued, but you ought to be. You're worth being a valued employee. The company just does not, you know, pass out the... But if you are a valued employee and, and, and you are making somebody else money, then you're smart enough to be in business for yourself. Amen? And so don't let the ministry limit you. One of the biggest mistakes that Pastor and I ever made, and I'll tell you now, we would already be millionaires if we had thought to even ask God. See, when you have religious thinking, I don't care what it's about. If it's about healing or anything, it's always going to mess you up. And we had religious thinking. We had a paradigm. A paradigm is nothing more than a rut. I mean, it's just a way of thinking where, like, you believe something and there's nothing that could change you, nothing that could, you know, there are things that you believe so strongly that even God couldn't change you. I mean, he could if he could get your mind renewed, but it's going to take him some time to renew your mind. And Pastor and I had a paradigm. When we felt like God was calling us in the ministry, knew God was calling us in the ministry, we had a paradigm that you absolutely could not be in business and be in the ministry. And we owned a farm. We owned land. We were prospering at farming. And we were going to pastor a church that was just 18 miles from our farm. We were in business for ourselves. He went to work when he wanted to. He went home when he wanted to. Now, he worked hard, but I'm just saying he didn't have a boss so he could do what he needed to do. And there was no reason on God's green earth for us to give up that farm to go into the ministry, except we had wrong thinking. And God could not convince us otherwise. And, you know, it took him a lot of years to show us that he and, and, you know, looking back, we both go, God told us to go in the ministry. God told us to pastor that church in Seminole, but God never told us to quit farming. And you know what? There's so many ways to farm. We could have custom farmed it. And I don't know if you know what that means, but that's just when you, you hire somebody else. You say, come plant for me, and you pay them to plant for you. And then you say, come, come do this for me, come cultivate for me. And you just pay different people to... Uh, do different, or you could, or we could have rented out the land. There are so many ways. His father probably would have custom farmed it for us. You just want to kick yourself all the way to, <laughs> and you're going, ah. It was idiotic. Well, we're telling you this not to make us look stupid. We're telling you this. 
to help you not think this way and say, yeah, but I'm going to do this so I can't do this. Listen, family, if you have a business and then God says, um, well, I want you to go full-time and do this, you can, you can hire a manager, you can sell it. There's lots of things you can do. So get the limits off of God. Quit limiting God, okay? And so that'll help you there. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, I have made them quiet this morning, Pastor. I mean, this evening, I don't know what they're thinking about. Hallelujah. But I hang this in my office. It says, trust your crazy ideas. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to trust them. And this one, dreams come a size too big so that we can grow into them. I have this hanging in my office. See, when God shows you something, you're going to say, oh, that's too big. That's too big for me. But it's not. And if you'll just keep meditating and praying, you will grow into it. Amen? Well, I wanted to show you. Y'all care if I keep showing you stuff? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you to some scriptures. Don't get religious on me. Hallelujah. Well, this magazine in itself, I'm not trying to sell her magazine, but some lady had a witty idea and started her a new magazine. And so, but that's not what I was wanting to tell you about. I in this magazine because I want you to think about what God could do in your life amen and it's uh, so she said when my first son was born I wanted to be a stay at home mom emphasizes Alda who for 10 years had been a dental hygienist in our little rock Arkansas hometown staying at home meant becoming a one income instead of two income family so trying to be frugal Alda made her own Valentine Day gifts she decorated soap with designs she cut from gift wrap paper and though everyone liked the gifts Alda didn't think the paper designs really worked they bubbled and wrinkled and they didn't last she says there must be a better way thought Alda who experimented in her kitchen using her chemistry background from college she worked until finally she found a way to affix pr printed designs that lasted until the soap was thin as a charge card being the mother of two little boys I wanted a soap they could truly wash their hands with and it still stay pretty but Alda had no plans to turn her idea into a company after developing and and pattern patenting her process, Alda's plan was to send it off to the big boys, large producers of hope whom she was sure would be interested. I remember the last rejection, says Alda. It came from the attorney, attorneys of a well-known company. They said it was a wonderful idea, but that it would never work. I sat down on my back doorstep with that letter in my hand, and I just thought that was the end of it. I said a prayer, continues Alda, and the Lord spoke into my heart that this was just the beginning, one step at a time. With unmistakable sincerity, Alda adds, and that's truly the way it was. And so I read that in Southern Lady Magazine. And so when we were out on our little trip, we were in a little shop, and I saw Alda's soap. And so I thought, I'm going to buy one of those just so I can use this for an example. So this is Alda's Forever Soap, and there is the soap that she figured it out how to keep it on there with God's help. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And then the story goes on to say that her and her husband went to Dallas to market just to kind of look around and get some ideas. Family, it's always good to go and look around and get ideas at places. And so she went to market. And you know how many of you know our steps are ordered by the Lord. She was sitting in the snack bar part of the market. Somebody sat down beside her, asked her why she was there, and she told them about her soaps. And the lady ordered several cases of her soaps. And that was the start of her company called Aldous Forever, Little Rock, Arkansas. Later, her husband, finally her husband, ended up having to quit his job so he could manage Aldous Forever. And, here's, and then one time, going to England, this is also Aldous Forever. I'm not selling this stuff, so y'all don't have to worry. Don't get, you know, this is mine. You can't have it. <laughs> but uh, she went to England, saw these little balls in a flea market. They has a little hinge, a little silver ball with a hinge, and thought, I just know I could do something with that and bought 10,000 of these things. Came home, got a witty idea from God. And this, now this is a friendship ball. This one's got cappuccino in it. And what it is a friendship ball. And uh, you give it to a friend. And the idea is you give it to a friend. They put something in it and give it back to you. And y'all give it back and forth to each other with something in it. You know, I think it's a really great idea. Amen. I know all the men are real impressed. <laughs> Amen. We're going to get a friendship ball. Hallelujah. But your wife could have a, she's a Proverbs 31 woman, and she could have an idea like that, and, you, and she could start a business, and you could have to quit your job and manage it. Amen. So get in faith. You know, sometimes the wife has got the thing. It's got it. And quit having so much pride, guys. If she's got it, admit she's got it. I mean, Dave Meyer had to admit, Joyce has got it. Dave don't got it. <laughs> now, he's the business side of it. She don't got it. And I'm sure he keeps her straightened out. Because, you know, that's how it is. But men, sometimes you have to admit she's got it. Amen. But did you know there are so many businesses that are not off the ground because the man's in pride and he won't admit she's got it. But sometimes the woman don't have it and the man's got it. Hallelujah. And she needs to let him have it. And then I'm going to go on. We're going to get in the Word here for just a minute. We're not out of time. But I want to show you one other thing. And, you know, you do what you want to with this. But this is just something that we do. We subscribe to this magazine. It's called Entrepreneur. You could buy it at Books A Million. Not going to go into that. But we just look through it for ideas. And when we're out somewhere, we're constantly looking for things to God to speak to. We're not just looking for a good idea. We're looking for a God idea. We're looking for God to speak to us something. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so amen. So you're going to get an entrepreneur spirit. Hallelujah. And I heard one man say, and this is true, that unless you are a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills, then your hands are not going to be able to make you rich. Your hands alone. In other words, what they're saying is that you're, if you're a carpenter, and you are skilled with your hands, you're probably not going to be able to get rich with just your hands. Amen? Amen? Because you're going to have to get a crew working under you. And then you're going to have to have ten crews. And you know, you're going to have to get more than you. Amen? I'm giving you some things to pray about and to think about tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to remind you that Abraham, our father of faith, was a businessman. I want to remind you that Jesus, before he, when he went 
and began his earthly ministry at 30, that probably from his bar mitzvah at 13, for 17 years he had been a businessman, a carpenter by trade. And we have a common misconception. I believe it's a misconception. I believe that Jesus knew what he was going to do when he was 30 years old. The Bible teaches us that he found himself in the scripture. He knew his mission. God showed him his mission in life. And he prepared for it spiritually. But I believe he prepared for it financially. Amen. Amen. And I believe that he was a good carpenter. How many of you believe that Jesus would not be a halfway, mediocre, fair carpenter? Amen. Amen. And I believe he was a good carpenter. I believe he was a good businessman. Because he had to be. Because he had to be able to show us and teach us and give us what we need. And I believe he spent 17 years getting him a bucket of money in the business so that he could spend three years in ministry. And so that he was not dependent upon people. And yes, there came a time when people did give into his ministry. We know that that's true. But we don't know when that started. And Jesus had the funds and he had the means to, to pay salaries to 12 disciples so that they could support their families. Amen? And by that time, his father, his earthly father, Joseph, was probably gone. We don't know, but the Bible doesn't talk about him. We know he was dead by the time that Jesus went to the cross because right before he went to the cross, he turned to John and gave John responsibility over his mother. Right? I mean, isn't that so? So Joseph had to be gone. So Jesus was responsible for a lot of people financially, and he had prepared for it. And so, you, so there is no conflict with us being ministers and you being ministers and us being anointed for business and prospering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, let's look in the word of God tonight we're just about out of time but let's just look at a couple of scriptures I want you to turn to Psalm 66 12 just introducing some things tonight this is a little different than some what we normally get but like I told you before no sense laying the foundation again of the fact that God wants you to prosper let's help us get there Amen. Let's get into it. Amen. Psalm 66, 12 says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. I tell you, when you're working for somebody else, they're riding over your head. Well, isn't that the truth? We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. God's bringing you out into a wealthy place. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm excited about that. God will not drive you into a wealthy place. God will only lead you into a wealthy place. And he will lead you if you want to go. Amen? Do you want to go? I do. I want to go to that wealthy place. Um, Psalm 28, verse 3. I mean, excuse me, Deuteronomy 28.
You may need to know more than you know now in order to go to that wealthy place. Some of you don't need to know more. You need to just act in faith, step out in faith. But some may need to know more than you know now. Um, you do need to think like God thinks. And that was some of the things I was just telling you about. If you're thinking about ministry and you're thinking about business and, and you're, you're, uh, uh, or you're waiting on God, that's not thinking like God thinks. And so we need to think like he thinks. we got to eradicate all the paradigms or the ruts that are contrary to wealth and prosperity. And one of the things you're going to have to do to go into your wealthy place is you're going to have to obey God. There's no conflict here with... Um, with, a, with God being first and God having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I already know I can't do it without Him. I already know i got to stay close every day. got to listen to Him. I live on Proverbs 3, family. I live on Proverbs 3. We'll turn there when we finish reading this one. Let me read Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28.3 Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Now these are some of the blessings of Abraham that we are uh, privy to. Galatians says that we are, we, we are in that covenant with Abraham because of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so here's the blessing. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country. So what this saying, it don't matter where you live. Don't matter, you can live in Moundville or you can live in Tuscaloosa. You can live in New York City. Or you can live in the outback. Amen. Don't matter where you live, this stuff works. Amen. Doesn't matter what vocation you're in, this stuff works. Amen. This is not reserved for people that are rocket scientists. Hallelujah. You're already smart enough. You're smart enough. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you, you're smart enough to listen to the Holy Ghost. You're smart enough. Hallelujah. Turn to Proverbs 3. I've got to show you that. If you're not already living here, you need to, you need to get here into Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, chapter 5. I mean, verse 5, excuse me. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. See, we can't be a know-it-all. we got to admit, God, I don't know how to do this. I need you, God. I need you, Father. I don't know how to do this, but I know you know. See, our faith in being in Him. I know you know how to do this. If you're at your job, one of the best ways to become an entrepreneurial Christian is to succeed and excel at the job you've got. And one of the ways you do that is you trust in the Lord. You acknowledge Him, and He shows you things that helps that business that you're at that you put them over. You become a Joseph to them. They prosper because you're there. Become invaluable to them. Amen? Don't be one of those that, like we talked about, holding up the wall. You say, well, I, listen, you don't have to go into many stores. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Amen. And then in verse 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him. That means in every step of the way. No, you don't make decisions without him. Now, I tell you, every time I mess up, it's right there. In every endeavor that we go to do, and you're the same way, 
that, you know, a lot of times we consult God about the big things and then in the little things we'll just get busy and we'll make a decision and then all of a sudden we'll realize, uh-oh, this wasn't right. You know what I didn't do? I forgot to consult the Lord about that little part right there and I made a wrong decision. And, of course, you know God's faithful. He helps us get out and all those kind of things. But if you want to quit making little mistakes and making wrong decisions, you're going to have to acknowledge Him in all your ways. And He didn't say, in the big decisions, acknowledge me. No, in all my ways, acknowledge Him. I'm learning to do this. And you can learn to do it too. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying that I'm there where every time I, and every time though I usually end up regretting it when I didn't acknowledge him and say, now Lord, are we supposed to do this? You know, Pastor and I right now have three plane tickets. We own three plane tickets. We have three plane tickets. We own them. They're ours because uh, we made some plans and we didn't acknowledge him. Just forgot to ask God if it was the what he wanted us to do. So we own three plane tickets. Well, I know we'll get to use them. I mean, this is no... Hey, we don't get... One thing we don't do at our house is we don't get big bent out of shape about money. Your mama taught you that? Quit crying over spilt milk. Some of you just mourn over $10. You can't ever be a businessman if you're going to mourn over $10. I mean, I'm not mourning over these plane tickets. We'll use them. God, we'll do something with them. It's no big deal. Thank you, Lord. Rather be at the right place at the right time. Amen. In all my ways. But see, right there, just, just kind of forgot. And got right up to two days before leaving. And it's just like, I'm not supposed to go here. I don't have peace. You know? Well, now, you so it's like, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if the plane stayed in there. I don't know what it was. Don't matter. Rather obey God. See, you've got to get like that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We just don't get bent out of shape over money. We used to. I used to. I used to get, get, get so mad at my kids over just a, a little, little, little thing. But I don't get bent out of shape over money. Why? Because I know there's more where that came from. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Eric, he, he'll probably, you'll know soon enough, but he, he turned his truck every way there was but loose in the trailer and all the equipment on it yesterday. But hey, we got a son. The rest of it's just money. We don't even, it don't even matter. There's more where that came from. God will take care of everything. Hallelujah. And, and, and to just prove how I used to be, Colin, the first thing when he said, he said to Eric was, how many chewing outs did you get? <laughs> now see, that's the old, before faith people. Amen. But you know what? He didn't get any chewing outs. He got love. Amen. Amen. He got sympathy. Besides, I, you know, it was his money. I figured he was, you know, it was hurting enough already. <laughs> it hurt, you know. No, he's in faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It was just a, it was just a bad business decision. It was just a wrong decision in where he placed some bricks on a trailer. That's all it was. Hallelujah. But we stopped traffic both ways on McFarland. He, he caused three other wrecks. <laughs> I mean, not, nobody's hurt in all of them. 
but one of them was six cars in a garbage truck. It's like, if y'all want to know who had McFarland tied up yesterday morning, it was the Billings family. Both ways. Hallelujah. The policemen were loved. They said, the policemen said, and the wrecker said, game day wasn't this much trouble. But, you know, he had all that that lawn equipment and it was like all over the road in McFarland before we got there he got it cleaned up anyway hallelujah now you won't have to explain to everybody in the church what's wrong with your truck because I already told them <laughs> amen <laughs> hallelujah his truck's a little sick right now but it's going to be fixed thank you Jesus but um, where am I okay in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct yes. thy paths yes. hallelujah be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Listen, it just pays to listen to God. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Amen. You better get the tithe in there. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That's the reward for consulting God and acknowledging Him and trusting Him and not being wise in your own eyes. Now, most people are wise in their own eyes, and they make their own decisions without prayer. They don't take the time to pray first. Amen? You can plan ahead, and you can also pray ahead. And you need to pray ahead, and then the plans will just flow. And you pray things out in advance. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is a good scripture for you to live by. Hallelujah. Um, we're fixing to close down, but I want to say one last thing here. I told you you'd have to, may need to know more than you know now. So if you're new at this and you've not heard, uh, you don't have a good foundation concerning the fact that God wants you to prosper, there's a lot of ways to do that. I would advise you not to sit around and wait until we get around to teaching it. You can only teach so much. There's many, many good books available on prosperity. You can start with Redeem, the one that we gave you when you visited the church. That's the first one to start with. And then there's many back there. And then if you, don't, if you say, well, I'm not a reader, we'll get you some tapes. One thing we know that all of us can do, because they don't make cars without cassette players anymore. You would have to have a really old one not to have a cassette player. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Do you have one that old? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So one thing we can all do is when we're, in, when we're stopped on McFarland because somebody, we can push that tape in and we can renew our mind, can't we? All of us can do that. None of us are without excuse. Every one of you has to go to the grocery store or go to work or go somewhere and listen, um, you're not going to get it from Rick and Bubba. They don't have it. Amen. Rick and Bubba don't have it. Amen. They don't and even the Christian radio station may not have it for you. I don't know. I don't listen to Christian radio because I don't like radio. I'm not just not that big into radio. I'd rather listen to a tape. I'm listening to Pastor Buzzy right now. And I'm telling you, he'll fire you up. And I'm renewing my mind all the time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, you even you music people. See, I'm not into music big. And some of you, you know, y'all are listening to the Christian music all the time. Well, that's good, but renew your mind 90% of the time and 10% of the time listen to the music. Amen. Now, the music can get you stirred up too, but you still need to, you need to renew your mind. Amen? Amen. 
Okay. And so um, you may need to know more. You need to think like God thinks. And that's why you need to come to church to listen. We read that in Ecclesiastes 5.1. Come and listen. And quit being religious. Throw religion out. See, we all have, if you especially, I love people that came just from heathenism. I mean, by that I mean, you know, they didn't even go to church. They got saved right out of the bar. They, their family never even went to church. Oh, they're the best kind. They're not indoctrinated with all that stuff. But all of us that were raised in church, we get religion in us. And, you know, sometimes if you get to thinking, well, like, if you, if you ever think, what will they think? you know you're religious. What will Pastor and Miss Debbie think? What will all the church members think? The reason I can say this is I know because I have those thoughts. See, that's religion. Okay, so we need to get rid of those things. Uh, and then you have to obey God. And this is the last one I wanted to give you. You have to take some the steps he tells you to take. Take the steps he tells you to take. Now, I want to warn you ahead of time. Some of the steps he tells you to take will be easy. Some of the steps he'll tell you, the things he'll tell you to do are going to require that you do things that the flesh does not want to do. Amen. And one of the things, oh, let me go on. Some of the things that he does, steps he gives you will be preparation steps. If you sense in your heart that something's coming, anybody in here sense something's coming? Something's coming financially or in your business or, or for a business. Did anybody, how many of you sense something's coming in your life? If you sense something's coming in your life, get busy getting ready for it. That's what Pastor and I do. When we sense something's coming in our life, clean out the garage, clean out your desk, start getting things, start getting things organized, start getting, start getting ready. Don't wait. Until something comes and think, oh dear, because you know you'll be so overwhelmed, but if you've kind of got it in order. And so we do that. Pastor and I will say, you know some things, something's coming. And so he'll start cleaning his office and I'll start cleaning my office. We'll have big clean out. And he will clean out the garage. He, one night last, this past week, I don't remember what I was doing. But I didn't find him all evening. All evening, I mean until like 10.30 at night. And he was in the garage. And he was rehabilitating it. Hallelujah. You need, to do, you need to do things like that. See, you're preparing and you follow that unction. If you're having thoughts like, I need to do so and so, go do it. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Getting your yard ready. Getting, getting things that you, you know, I need, to get, I need to get this in order. And I need to get that in order. One thing that we try to do is we'll get our income tax ready ahead of time. You know, you, this is October. You can already nearly have it ready. Nearly have it ready. And just shock everybody. On, just mail it on January 1st to the accountant. They, and then they'll just fall over. And I... Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then the, some of the things that God tells you to do will be steps of faith. In other words, what I'm telling you is some of the things God's going to tell you to do, you're going to have to step out. It'll feel like you're stepping out into thin air. It'll feel like, it'll feel like God, how in the world? It'll, it'll, feel, it'll feel just like that. But you don't go by how you feel. See, you know God. You hadn't sat in a church, and even before we got here, many of you were sitting in churches getting to know God. You know Him. Now you need to quit sitting there acting like you don't. 
You know your father. You know him. You know when he's talking to you to do something. You know him. He's telling us to take steps. Amen. Hallelujah. See, your flesh don't want to clean the garage. I was reading in a magazine today. I think it was that entrepreneur. There was an ad. You need to know this. This ad said, how to be a millionaire without Regis. <laughs> I thought, that's good. That's good. It's not coming through Regis, honey. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Do what God's telling you to do. Make you some lists. Start, write, make, start making some lists of things that need to get done at your house. Start marking them off the list. Start doing them. and mark, Don't just mark them off. I mean, do them and then mark them off. Hallelujah. Make you some lists. Hallelujah. If you need motivating, I can motivate you. Come talk to me. Hallelujah. I, give you, I can tell you things to read. I can tell you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, we got to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand up together.